Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to Seggy Station. This man has a nickname, always a lot to say with no shame. Saturday, June 26th, 2021. Hope all is well out there, everybody. Hope everyone's staying safe. Nick Segaline here. You're listening to Seggy Station Podcast. I got a lot to get to in the world of sports today. Wild week, tough week for me. Plenty of topics to cover in the world of sports. Nick Segaline here. You're listening to Seggy Station Podcast. Got my dude Rich Hot Takes Letty coming through for a short 20-30 minutes. We'll touch on plenty of action in the NBA, coaching hires, and some other interesting topics surrounding the NBA, particularly Kevin Durant, Scottie Pippen, and obviously the Eastern Conference, Western Conference Finals. Stanley Cup Finals are set. You'll have the Tampa Bay Lightning trying to defend their championship. The seventh team to have a chance to do so in the last 30 seasons. The Tampa Bay Lightning making it to -to back-to-back Stanley Cup Finals will take on the Canadians. A Canadians team has not won an NHL Finals in the last 30 seasons. The Canadians have made 33 appearances in the NHL Finals, which is the second most in all four professional sports. Should be a great series. Got the Travelers Championship going on. Still got to touch on John Rahm and his 121st U.S. Open victory. Had a unanimous vote. Unanimous vote, I'm sorry, on the Supreme Court. 9-0 against the NCAA, which is great news for college athletes and anybody in high school getting ready to go to college if you're particularly going to be a college athlete. The MLB has a problem with... It's crackdown and checking pictures. And Max Serger, Sergio Ramo. Very embarrassing for the MLB. Uh, I talked about this before it kind of went down. And now you're seeing it in action. Even though some of these pitchers' spin rates are going down. And offensive numbers in the MLB seem to be going up. Interesting topics to get into there. Got the Olympic trials taking place. But some real question marks surrounding the Olympics taking place in Japan. Obviously, COVID still a factor with not only Chris Paul being out game one and game two and his shaky performance in game three. I saw NC State had to draw out of the College World Series after COVID protocols still impacting plenty of sports topics is COVID. Obviously, plenty of other places not seeming to really care. So, looking forward to Rich getting here. Should be a great show for not only him to come through and talk to me for a little bit, but I got plenty to say, and I'm looking forward to doing it today. Right now, it's time for Straight Talk. Brought to you by a second Straight Talk microphone. It's always direct. Time to reflect. As always, appreciate all the love and support for the podcast. You can follow along on my Instagram or Twitter page, at Seggy Station. Got a live version up still on my Twitch stream. It's underscore Seggy underscore G. And still got the podcast up on Podbean, Spotify. Check it out there. As always, Rich should be here any minute. Looking forward to catching up with Rich on some of this NBA action. Obviously, plenty of coaching hires to discuss and a couple other topics I wanted to get into. NBA draft lottery this week. Plenty to catch up on in the world of sports. Happy to be here doing it today. You hear me? Can't hear me? All right, word. Maybe you can hear me if you come back. Classic. Looking like a true baller, though, with his tank top on. Getting ready to go hit the court. 
Cameron Payne style, baby. Rich hopefully is here now in a second. Try and touch on some NBA with Rich before he's got to bounce for the day. What's good? Can you hear me now? Yeah, about. How we doing? What's good, bro? Not much. Not much. Kind of shitty game last night. A little, a little unfortunate. Only having one game a night now, but at least it's still every night. But not much. How you doing? Yeah, true. I think there's a lot of other great things happening in sports too. So I'm like filtering in, watching a little mm-hmm. of the golf, little of the game seven hockey last night. Now you got the Stanley Cup Finals. So obviously NFL season gets closer and closer as your birthday is a few days away, and so is mine. So. Yeah, pretty wild. Time's going by pretty quick. A lot of things happening in sports, but obviously we'll touch on the NBA. I did want to touch on the games, obviously, but before I did that, there's a few other topics. I know you have only so much time, so let me start with this. Uh, Coaching hires over the last few days, a couple of them, three in particular, I believe now, a fourth in waiting with Chauncey Billups getting the offer for the Blazers job, but he's the assistant for the Clippers, so I don't even think he's allowed to take it till they're knocked out, but looking like that can be the higher for the Blazers. Now you got Rick Carlisle heading back to the Pacers. Jason Kidd heading to the Mavericks, basically because of an endorsement from Rich Carlisle. And Ime Adoku heading Adoka, I'm sorry, heading to the Celtics, a up and coming assistant who was with the Nets and basically traveled all over the place uh to be the getting the opportunity he has now uh, with the Boston Celtics, obviously Brad Stevens moving up. Um, So there's plenty of hires that happened this week that I think are fairly interesting with still a few more vacancies and Becky Hammond still not getting a look, uh, which I think is kind of shitty. I think Becky Hammond will get a job. I'm not sure if it's this cycle. I'm hoping that it's this cycle. I think she potentially can have a shot this cycle to get a job, but has not gotten it yet. So, Rich is back. I don't know what the hell is going on with the stream today. But anyways, any thoughts on any of these coaching hires thus far? Can you hear me or what? I'm backstage. I'm not in the thing. What? You can't hear me? There we go. You had me backstage. There we go. I'm in now. What's good? What's good? I don't know. They booted me out. Coaching hires? Um, What we got? Uh, Carlisle to Indiana. I've seen a lot of people saying that Carlisle was... Almost for sure going to the Bucs if the Bucs had lost that series against the Nets, which is kind of interesting. Interesting. I wonder if that was just what people were speculating or if he actually wanted the Bucs job because you got to imagine. I don't know. It, it's weird for someone like Carlisle. Like you don't, you don't imagine. I know you're kind of a Pacers fan, but you don't imagine the Pacers are winning a ring in the next four or five years. So like, I, I thought he would have gone somewhere, waited for all the openings to open up if there's more. And tried to go somewhere with a little bit more of a championship window. Like, the Pacers are good. Like, Brogdon, Sabonis, Levert, they got a good team. But, like, right. I just don't know if they're, like, that good. Let me ask you this. I think Jason Kidd higher for uh, the Mavs will be nice just with what they're doing now. Bringing back former players with uh, Dirk and some of the guys in the front office. I think he's got the opportunity to have a better run than he's had at these other stops. Jason Kidd, particularly with Luka Doncic. So, I think that will be an interesting one. I think Chauncey Billups if he's able to team up with uh, Damian Lillard, even though I'm rooting for Becky Hammond to get a job this cycle, and I hope she does. uh, I think that'd be good for the Blazers if they're able to keep Dame and obviously have Chauncey, who's getting a lot of respect. For me, and this is where I think this is an interesting one to talk about right now, 
Celtics or Pacers, who do you think can win quicker with now their hire? And I think, and I, I'm I'm happy for these assistants that get a shot because I'm one of these guys that's an assistant trying to get a shot, and I feel like you can't get one because it's so fucking political. But anyways, you get a situation now where a guy finally gets a shot, but I think this is more of a risk for the Celtics than obviously the Pacers. And when I I touch back on you with the fact that the Pacers were not healthy this year, you got Sabonis, Brogdon, and Lervert, which I think are a decent big three if we're going to talk big threes and miles turner ain't no scrub tj warren was going off in the bubble and rick carlisle used to coach for the pacers had a pretty decent stint there before heading to obviously the Mavs for 13 seasons so it's familiar familiarity for him as well i think the pacers have the opportunity to be good over his four-year deal i'm not saying they're going to win a championship first year but they can make the playoffs and do i think they can make a run like the hawks are doing right now potentially with Rick Carlisle. So I think that's a great hire for the Pacers that are trying to obviously get things back right now that they lost Nick, Nate McMillan, which, by the way, is leading the Hawks right now. Anyways, just want to get your, uh, before I move on, what do you think's better there, Pacers or Celtics? You you think the Celtics with this hire could be decent, even though this guy's obviously a new first-time head coach in the NBA? I don't, I mean, first off, I don't know that I love the Jason Kidd one. He had some, there's like a bunch of stories about his thing in Milwaukee of him just not being the best coach. He told Thon Maker never to shoot a three and like destroyed the dude's confidence in his rookie year. That's a ridiculous thing, like never shoot it. Maybe just not in games for the start. He tried to fix Giannis's shooting form, which wasn't bad then and got real bad after that. Um, his defense, and this is like the well-renowned thing on Jason Kidd, not well-renowned, like real, um, known thing that went poorly his defense was basically and it worked really well his first year they had a top defense throw doubles at the ball handler on every pick and roll and like it worked it threw teams off and his second year every team figured out what he was doing and he was bashing the players that's why he got fired he kept being like they kept being like oh the defense isn't working this year he kept being like the guys need to play harder it's like no you got to make fucking adjustments as a coach like every team knows what you're doing it worked for a year but i don't know we'll see maybe he's better that was his that was his first stint as a coach but i don't love i don't i think that's a the grass is not always greener one. I will be shocked if Jason Kidd is a better fit for them than Rick Carlisle. It sounds like Rick and Luca had some issues this last year. So like maybe Luca just liking Jason Kidd could go better, but I don't I don't see that being better. Not like the Mavericks are gonna be bad. Luca's incredible. I just don't know if that was the best hire for them. Um the Pacers or Celtics. I mean, I would just it's tough for me because I don't know none of us know anything about the Celtics coach, so I can't really say anything about him. But, yeah, but we do. We know that this guy's been around doing stuff as an assistant, not only under Greg Pop, but with the Nets and with a couple other stops. So it's like this dude has a resume. Either. It's like sure. he's not like Steve Nash who's walking into this and who's never coached before with no resume. So I think it. this dude has a better chance. It's just interesting for me because the Celtics then now have Brad Stevens up top. This is Brad Stevens' guy, and it's kind of like, all right, man, you're flying on this because if this doesn't work out, then then where are we at? Like, where? I mean, the Pacers definitely have a higher floor, like a safer foundation right now of, like, a longtime coach, Rick Carlisle, one of the most previously tenured coaches in the leagues, like good team of veterans over there. I'd rather have the Celtics jobs, and I, I think the Celtics just looks a little better just because you still have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown at the end of the day, so – I, my thing is saying I, we don't know much about the Celtics coach is like, I know he's been an assistant, but we see so many assistants every year. It's like, oh, he came from the Popovich tree, he came from the Budenholzer tree. He worked under D'Antoni. It's like, we really don't know how much of that was the head coach and how much of like that was what they wanted to run until we see them as a coach. So that, that's all I meant by we don't know much about him. I'd rather have the Celtics one, but I think the Pacers got the better coach because he's one of the most tenured coaches in the league, Carlisle. 
Yeah, and then what does that leave left now with just the magic, right? Because Steve Clifford, uh... Well, did the Pelicans hire someone? Nope. I saw that they're potentially going after Jack Vaughn, which you said in the chat that Nets might lose their two top assistants, and that might be potentially a thing. I saw Becky Hammond was in the finalist for the Trailblazers job, but it's looking like Chauncey Billups. Uh, so I'm trying to think of the other two. Oh, Wizards. Scott Brooks is gone. Brooks, and yeah. uh, I think the I think the, like- I think if the Bucks lose this series to the Hawks, which even though they got blown out last night, I think the Hawks can still win this series because Trey Young yeah. was terrible last night. I think Budenholzer might still be fucking out. Like I don't think this dude just secured his shit because they beat the Nets. Because like you were saying on last pod or a couple pods ago, like. The dude barely beat the Nets with two of their guys out, basically. Sure. It's like, damn, this dude, it's, if you can't beat the Hawks, you, you're out, bro. Like, get the fuck out. The NBA is a crazy league of how much the tiniest detail matters. Like, Budenholzer is probably going to keep his job. And if Kevin Durant's foot was a millimeter backwards, Budenholzer would be fired. Like, yeah, that's but that's crazy. also what I'm trying to say is the fact yeah. that, like, if you don't get out of this series, like, the fact that that statement right there is probably the case, like, all right, dude, you probably should just go anyways. Like, I think yeah. if you get to the finals and lose, like, I don't know. To me, like, this dude might get fired no matter what happens, just regardless, unless the Bucks win a championship. I think that's the only way this dude can keep his job. I know it kind of sounds hot, but I think that's just where the Bucks are at right now. Even with what they did last night, like... They should be doing that more often than not, not the way they got blown out by Trey Young in, in game one. And it was impressive. I wanted I think, to touch on that, I but I did want to touch make, on a couple other things. We only have so much time, but go ahead. I was just going to say, I think if they make the finals, there's no way they find, fire him unless they get like blown out, swept every game, which wouldn't happen. But I think if they lose to the Hawks, he's probably gone though still. Yeah, interesting for sure. I've been following the NBA, obviously. Uh I did what we touched on the coaching hires. I did want to touch on the NBA draft lottery quick. Uh, saw the Detroit Pistons get the number one overall pick for the first time since 1970. Uh, rounding out the top five, I believe it was Rockets with the two slot. Uh, Raptors were four. I yeah. Know it was three. Cavs three. Yep. Cavs three. And then Orlando fifth. Thunder sliding out to six. Golden State has 7 and 14 in this upcoming draft. Um, and then, obviously, you can go check out on my page if you want the ones in between those. Uh, just thoughts on how the draft lottery sh- shook out. Uh, you know, I saw Hi. reports on Cade Cunningham is probably going to be going to Detroit, happy with Detroit, whatever it is. Uh, I think that's going to be fire for Detroit. I even looked up at the lineup, and it's, it's young, but it'll be dope. Like, you got to start young at some point, and I think Cade Cunningham is probably going to be the clear number one in this draft. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how these other picks shake out because I think this is a talented draft. And then also I think when you go and look at Detroit not having a number one pick for so long, um, all these things going on with the lottery this week, like it's just cool to see what might shake out with some of these guys getting a, a look in the NBA now. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna be watching some Pistons games next year. They had a they had a fun team. They were just so weird this year. Like they had some fun guys. They definitely weren't a fun team to watch because they had so many like vets in there too. But a lot of games they'd sit the vets and they'd have like Isaiah Stewart, Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bay out there kind of running the show. And those guys are good. Like they're gonna be good next to Cade Cunningham next to him. If he's um Yeah, like Killian Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bay, Cade Cunningham, Jeremy Grant, and Isaiah Stewart. Jeremy like Grant, that's what you'd be looking at as a potential lineup. Yeah. Um it's, uh, it's not gonna I mean like it would be a miracle if they made the playoffs or anything, an absolute miracle, but it'll be like a fun group to watch. Like it's a group that they're all around the same age. Jeremy Grant's the oldest one of those guys by like maybe three, four years, four years, probably 
So that, that should be that should be a fun group. I'm, I'm going to like watching the Pistons. I'm glad the Pistons got it. I would have been livid if the Timberwolves or Cavs got like those top two picks. Timberwolves luckily didn't even fall into it. If they if they got a top four, they would have kept theirs. If they fall, fell outside of the top four, the Warriors got it. So the Warriors ended up getting that. Cavs ended up getting the three. I would have been so pissed if the Cavs got the... Dude, like, the Cavs have had the most luck, though, with top three and five picks. It's ridiculous, bro. Like, they've had top three picks, like, a long time. <laughs> Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Dion Waiters. <laughs> um, probably forgetting someone in there. But, yeah, they've, they've, had, they've had too many top two picks, top three picks. Uh, I think Dion Waiters was, like, a five, maybe, or something, but still. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm like just pissed that the Thunder fell out of the top five to be honest, because that's just like damn. Like I know they got picks, I know they got picks in the first round. It's kind of like that don't matter to me. I in the NBA, it's like a top five is still to me well, the best. I go and I've been looking at this uh, draft going back. What is it? 2018, 17, Aiton was number one. He's been panning out all right. Luca and Trey in that draft as well with Marvin Bagley. It's just interesting to see like how those drafts shake out. We've done it a few times here on the podcast where you can kind of go back, either redraft it, how it would go, how it's looking, how it's been drafted. It's interesting to me. So it's like, damn, now that the Thunder at six, like they're probably going to take some foreign dude or some bullshit. It's like, damn, bro. Like couldn't even get a top three. And the Thunder to me were one of the worst teams this year. Like, let's just be real. Like, this is the problem with the whole lottery for me, where it's like, damn, well, the, the cap. Good, that's the good thing with the lottery. Yeah, but it's just. tank to the first pick. Yeah, but it's just fucking. I, like, I'm happy for Detroit. I'm not mad we didn't get the first, but we couldn't get a top three, bro. Like, I'm pretty sure we had a top bottom three record. Like, I don't know. It's just tough. That's, a, that's exactly what they're going for. They want teams to be able to tank and be like, nice, we got the pick. It's like, yeah, well, if you tank, you could get fucked. You don't, you're not just losing your way to success. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> basically, I'm just saying, we got fucked. Like, let's just be real. Thunder got fucked. Like, I mean, it's percentage odds the whole time. They had uh, what, like eight percent chance at a first pick. Uh, it's all they have all like the percentage odds on the thing I sent. But I can, it, so here's the thing with the Thunder. I think it wouldn't be hard for them. It sounds like Kate Cunningham's probably going to be the number one. A lot of places have Evan Mobley as the number two, and a lot of people also don't think Evan Mobley and Christian Wood on the Rockets would be a very good fit next to each other. Both like dominant offensive bigs. Both have worked. Christian Wood had a lot of work to do on the defensive side. I don't know as much about Mobley, but from all reports, like still has a lot to do to be ready on the defensive side and NBA level. So people saying that Wood and Mobley might not be the best pairing. So maybe it wouldn't be that hard for the Thunder to trade up and try and get Mobley the number two pick from the Rockets. Like they'd obviously have to give up a pick or two, but if you, if you feel like he's really your guy and almost everyone has him as the consensus number two here, a lot of people have loved him. I mean, if it wasn't for Cade Cunningham, he'd be that consensus number one right now. So uh, I think that's an interesting thing to look at. I don't think – I mean, they're not trading up for Cade Cunningham. They'd have to give up a crazy amount of picks. But I don't think it would be too crazy to, like, give up, a, you know, their their seventh pick and, like, a future first or something and trade up and get their guy Mobley with how many picks they have. I don't know if that's their guy. I just don't think it's – if they have a guy in the two through five range, they can trade up and get him very easily and make sure someone else does it. Real quick, before we touch on the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals, I did want to ask you, and I, there's plenty of other things I wanted to ask you, but I know you don't have much more time. The Olympic roster came out. I just need to know, because yeah. I saw that like James Harden and CP3 committed. I saw that like Robert Williams said he planned to play. And now the roster's right. out. It's like none of those guys are on it. What is the deal with like the choosing of this roster? Like I need to. Do you know anything about this? Because I'm just confused as to how guys are committed and then not on. Like CP3 
said he declined his inv- invitation after being committed. I saw James Harden was committed. I'm like, damn, bro, you can't take a little time off, get, get in shape, get healthy. Like, you're just going to go straight to the Olympics. He's not on the team. Like, you go check out the roster. Some of these guys that I saw committed aren't there. And this guy, I'm like, damn, did Robert Williams really get selected for the Olympic fucking men's roster? And he's not there. So I'm like, thank, thankfully. But I just don't understand what the process of this whole thing is, bro. <laughs> so I don't know how it worked this year, but it's definitely different. Normally they have like a mini camp. It's like almost like tryouts for NBA players. Like they cut people. Have like you checked have out like, this roster? Like how you feel about yeah, it? I have, I have it in front of me. I mean, it would be a catastrophe if they lost. Like no team has even close to this level of talent. The worst player on the team is what? Kevin Love, Jeremy Grant, one of the two. Um, yeah, I, they should they should absolutely crush. So it's not so like not all the best players always want to do it. Obviously, like LeBron wasn't going to do it, and they always have some vets too. Like the last, I think like the 2016 Olympics, like Melo was there, even though he was like past his prime. He was one of the vets like that. Like this one, they got Draymond Green there, even though he's past his prime. Yeah, yeah. In love. So it's always like a mix of guys. But I know normally they have tryouts, and this year there's no way they did because basketball's still going. People didn't go to tryouts, so I'd imagine it was just like guys who had been hurt and the Olympic committee being like, yo, CP, yo, James, you really want in here? Cause like Jeremy Grant and like these young guys are trying to get in and then probably being like, whatever I could be so wrong, but I know there wasn't a tryout this year. So like, I'd imagine the players made their own decision. Like the Olympic committee did not come to Chris Paul and be like, didn't make it bro. They did. That did not happen. No, <laughs> like no, I'm not Chris saying Paul. that. I'm just confused yeah. on like the process, but it makes more sense now that they would normally have a tryout. I think an interesting yeah. uh, thing here in this that is kind of being covered, but not really talked about is Japan's extremely worried about even having this Olympics and you got Olympic trials. You got obviously teams getting set, all this shit going on. And like, can you imagine if they just don't even have it? Like, I- I'm not saying that's going to be the case, but I've been reading a lot of things that it might not actually pan out the way everyone's thinking it's going to pan out. And this goes back to like a year ago. It's like, geez, uh, I don't know. It's just, this is just tough for me to see how things are kind of shaking out. Uh, not only with this Olympic news with it potentially not even being able to, to go on when we got all these things happening, trials, teams being announced. Like, I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out over the next month. And obviously with, as I saw this week, uh, NC State getting knocked out of the World College World Series with COVID protocols. Obviously, CP3 uh-huh. missing Game 1 and Game 2. Like, It's still affecting sports, even though things seem to be running pretty normal. Uh, I thought an interesting uh, stat, though, in this, Rich, is that it's just slightly over 9% of the population in Japan is fully vaccinated. I think I've been seeing that it's almost, almost close to 50% here in the U.S., so... To me, that's a fucking big difference. I don't know how many people are in Japan compared to the U.S., but, like, slightly over 9%? Uh, that doesn't seem like a good look just a month away um, with the people in charge being worried. Um, this will be interesting to see how this shakes out. Yeah. All right, anyways. I did want to touch on the games before you have to go, and I know you have to go soon. Looking like you're about to hoop anyways, so I'm glad we were able to talk some hoops today. Thanks for stopping by, as always, making the time. Probably my last Saturday pod for a while, but I do have Tuesday off the next couple weeks, and that's it. So hopefully maybe we're able to link up on a Tuesday. Otherwise, we'll have to link up soon and enjoy them sports. Anyways, I've been enjoying them. You got the Western Conference Finals. Getting back at it tonight, now 2-1 after the Suns were up 2-0. Nine straight wins and then lost game three. With basically Devin Booker not looking good in a mask, CP3 not looking good coming back after missing 11 days, and 
basically Paul George, Pat Bev, and a lot of these other guys stepping up for the Clippers that realistically everyone's going to throw a slander on. PG, all these guys. The Clippers are doing incredible stuff here. Like, I I, I didn't expect CP3 to look that bad. I didn't expect Devin Booker to play that bad being mass Booker because we've seen some incredible mass performances before. That was not one of them. I don't expect those guys to play that bad the rest of the series. Unless Kawhi makes his incredible Terminator-like return where he don't hear anything and then all of a sudden he's on the court, which I'm still hoping happens because it'd be cool to see him get out there and see if the Clippers can make the finals and, and what it would be like. Um, even though we haven't heard anything on Kawhi Leonard really besides just he remains out. And to me, that's also weird. Like that, He's the only guy that it's like you don't even know what's going on. It's just like a right knee sprain. Who knows? But like, what does that even mean? Like, is he done for the year because of it? Is he getting surgery? Like, what is the deal? He, this dude, the silent assassin Kawhi Leonard, still waiting to see what happens, but CB3 is back. And DeAndre, and with his incredible dunk in uh, game two with Jay Crowder's pat, like, that was just ridiculous, bro. DeMarcus Cousins' defense on the out-of-bounds, getting subbed in to do that, fucking all the replays and everything happening in that. I mean, that game was just ridiculous in terms of how it played out. Obviously, there was a lot of referee reviews, all the things that happened, but the game itself, obviously, I don't think you would have even had that if there wasn't a huddle during those reviews with no timeouts. So you shouldn't have been able to do that, and I think the NBA's got to look into that along with these other things they're talking about looking into, like offensive foul calls, which aren't going to be good for your boy James Harden. Anyways, sticking to the Western Conference Finals, how do you see the rest of this playing out? Either game four, you think the Clippers get it, you think the Suns bounce back. Chew had the Suns in four, I had the Suns in five. I think the Suns win this series, even though I love what the Clippers are doing. And I'd love to see Paul George make the finals, and i love to see Paul George doing well. It was tough to see him miss those two free throws, but he bounced back. And I think if Kawhi Leonard were there, it would be different, but he's not. So it's like, it's this weird thing where, like, to me, you can't knock Paul George because he's scored 20 straight in 20 straight postseason games, which is next to none to LeBron James. So, like, I don't, ha- I hate how everyone's on Paul George, and Pat Bev needs yeah. to get some flowers here. He choked on those free throws, but he was also the only reason they were in the game. So, like, you're going to get slander. I, the, literally, the problem with Paul George, and, like, I don't really hate on him, but, like, the problem is, he gave himself the nickname Playoff P, and it just made everyone hate him. Literally, that's all that happened. Like, if he had never called himself Playoff P before the Thunder first performance, that's when everyone's like, is this dude for real? And then he had his worst playoff performance ever. <laughs> he had great performances with the Pacers, and then he had the worst ever against the Jazz, and he just got destroyed. I don't, even hate, I don't even hate Paul George because he says that. Like, even... that's extreme confidence. Like, what's wrong with that, bro? Like, now all of a sudden, like, we're wrong. Like, I don't know, man. Shit's just fucking no, all no, whack, it's bro. Not, it's not a big deal. I'm just saying when people started hating him. But I think I had Suns in five. Maybe I, maybe I said six. I don't know. My guess with Kawhi Leonard would be – and I haven't seen this anywhere, but what I would assume it has to be, because that's the only way they wouldn't say anything, is they have something like, yo, if you rest it for three weeks, three and a half weeks, whatever, like, you can play, but you should need surgery. So he's basically, like, waiting to see, like, <clears throat> can the Clippers keep this alive so I can come back? Like, is it worth holding off the surgery? That, that's my only guess, because otherwise he either would have gotten the surgery or would have been like, maybe I could come back at this time. It's not going to require surgery. My guess is... It is going to require surgery over the offseason, 
but maybe he could play in a few weeks. Here's my thing games. about this whole that would be my guess. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think that's a good take. But here's my thing with this whole potentially needing surgery in the offseason. Guys like Kawhi Leonard, Joel Embiid, which we haven't heard anything about, guys that were kind of banged. Like, get it, dude, because the problem is you don't get it, and this type of stuff happens where you try and rehab it and it comes back. Like, most of these I, guys should probably get know. cleaned I up, think bro. If you're Kawhi Leonard, I, I think what he has to be going on is he's looking like. Yo, if they could somehow beat the Suns, like, I could be there to beat the Bucks or the Hawks. Like, I'm sure in his head, he's like, I have beaten Giannis. I could beat this <clears throat> Hawks. I'm sure that's what he's thinking. I'm not saying it's necessarily true, but, like, maybe it's like he'd be ready for game six or seven if the Clippers can push it to that. I'm sure that's what's going on in his head. Like, and you got to think that because it's not like there's, like, a super team Brooklyn Nets, like, the Lakers coming your way. Like, if you're Kawhi Leonard and you're looking at this, you could be like, yo, if you guys can push this to six or seven, like, we could we could win it all right now. I'm like, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I could get why you could see that. There's no like super teams left. Yeah. I, so here's the thing. This is why I think tonight's game is massive because just on that take alone, like if the Suns win this game tonight, if they won that game three and you go down 3-0, like Kawhi Leonard's chances of making an appearance again to me yeah. are slim to none. If this series is tied 2-2 after now falling 0-2 in three straight series of the Clippers to come back to tie those series would be absolutely incredible, and I think you deserve a lot of credit doing it one and a half without Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I did want to touch on the Hawks-Bucks, though, before you left. I know you got to go, so I'll start this last bell, and then we'll go after this. Um, you know, I'm not surprised to see the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals. I know it kind of sounds wild, but I thought they were going to do it, even though it seemed like a hot take, and here they are. Uh, Trey Young in Game 1 had 48-7-11 and 11 assists. And they won game one. I wasn't surprised to see that as everyone else was extremely surprised to see that. Now, they get blown out last night to the Hawks. uh, 125-91, down 32 at half, lose by 34, give up a 20-0 run. Trey Young has nine turnovers. Team has 20 turnovers. Yeah, not great. But, like, the Hawks, they stole one at home. I think that's all they needed to do if they want to stay in this series. I think this will be extremely interesting now that it's shifting back to Atlanta, even though the Bucs looked really good last night. Trey Young is averaging 38.9 in three straight Game 1 series on the road, and they've won all those. The only other player to do that is Michael Jordan, who didn't average that amount of points and did so in 1989. Like, Trey Young is doing some incredible stuff right now, even though he had a clunker last night. We saw a clunker out of Devin Booker. We saw a clunker out of CP3 trying to come back after 11 days. That's fine. I think Trey Young is going to rise back up to the stage and he's going to be continuing to do what he's been doing since the All-Star break where this team was sub-500 and made a run to make it to the five seed in the Eastern Conference. Now, in the Eastern Conference Finals, under a lot of people saying this is no shot, I think they're extremely overlooked because I think Clint Capella's underrated, John Collins underrated, Bogdan Gallinari. I think they got a lot of guys. Yeah. Lou Will looking like to be a nice bench player, trade asset that looks really good besides P.J. Tucker in these playoffs. Like, I think the Hawks are legitimate, and we'll see if they're able to bounce back after getting blown out, but I think it wasn't as bad as it could have been considering they're there. Yeah, John Collins has been huge for them. Like, the jump he made from halfway through this season to right now is honestly incredible. Trey Young, too. Like, Trey Young, like, the numbers might... The efficiency numbers are different, but, like, the numbers on the surface aren't that different from what he was doing is even his first year, like, the first half of this year, but he got so much better the second half of this year. Like, it's been incredible. John Collins, like, 
most people, myself included, thought they weren't going to be re-signing him because he would just have he's going to be a restricted free agent this year, and like he was just going to get more from another team, and he hadn't been that useful to them with Trey Young. Him and Trey Young had some like rifts in the locker room at the beginning of this year, and now there's no way you can't re-sign Giant Collins in this free agency. You just got to sign him, match the offer sheet for him after you're playing this well. So like it's it's incredible what the Hawks are doing. They literally to me look like a different team than halfway through the year. Bogdanovich was hurt. The first half, he's obviously hurt again now, but has looked really good before getting hurt again a few games ago. Gallinari coming alive again. He's pretty pretty slow out there on the court, but still can kind of do his thing a little bit out there. Capella's, Capella has these monster games, and then just, I feel like half all Capella does is like, and there's nothing wrong with this. It's what he did on the Rockets, too, is like, just gets a rebound and rim runs for alley Yeah, that's all you need to do. <laughs> yeah, and nothing wrong with it. it worked, it's basically like, a slightly less athletic DeAndre Jordan uh, on his Clippers days, and he's just running to the hoop every time, get the rebound, run to the hoop every time. Like it works. They got they got a really good squad. They are. It's the most important thing in the NBA, I think, and more and more teams are seeing this. Is like you can't just have one like ball handler or facilitator. And while they might not have great options, like having Bogdanovich as that number two there, having Lou Williams even just for eight minutes to bring in, having Kevin Herter step up, like it makes a huge difference having those yeah, multiple, I agree. multiple guys who can put the ball in there. I agree. I just I just want to give Trey his flowers as well, who scored or assisted on 72 points in the Eastern Conference Game 1. As I mentioned, he's averaging 38-10 and 10 in three Game 1 road wins. Most points in a Conference Finals debut, and he's got the third highest scoring games in Hawks playoff history in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. I think he was the second youngest behind LeBron James to have a 45-10 game in in a conference finals. We're up there on a list with MJ. And here's the thing. I just wanted to ask you before you go, and I know you got to go, but I've been just hearing now the all these comparisons of Trey Young to MJ and Trey Young looking like Steph Curry and Devin Booker, the next Kobe Bryant. Here's my thing on this. Stephen A saying this. Stephen A saying Donovan Mitchell, best jazz player of all time. We talked about this a little bit on the pod. But to me, and I think Trey Young has a little bit of Steph Curry's game in him now. He's only 22, bro. Like, Ch- Steph Curry isn't going to go for 15 points and nine turnovers in a fucking playoff game. That's not going to happen. Like, Devin Booker, and I get it. He had a broken nose that had to get snapped back in in four shots, and that's probably got to suck also wearing a mask. Like, I get it. He had a tough game. But to call him the next Kobe Bryant, if you're Stephen A, it's just wild to me, bro. Because they might not even win this series. And then what are you going to say? Devin Booker's the next Kobe Bryant? Like, I think the Suns still win this series. But it's just ridiculous takes that come out of these guys' mouths where I'm like, bro, can you give these guys a second? They're just coming up in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, it's it's unbelievably stupid. Because it, it's crazy. Because it's, like, it's not like people like them don't actually know basketball because they've covered it for like years and years, like 35 plus years. But it's like they've gotten so used to just like giving these like generic media hot takes that they don't know basketball or like don't talk about anywhere like bro no one's looking for you to like say who do you think his game resembles the most and call him like just talk about the fucking game talk what you saw talk about like the matchups talk about what teams need to do for the next game what they did wrong what adjustments need to be made like he looks like Kobe Bryant he's the next like what the fuck does that mean (laughs) like what does that mean he's a shooting guard that scores well and he's like clutch sometimes like shut up shut up dude dude I completely that's just the dumbest thing in the whole world it's just ridiculous because like Trey Young is incredible but like to compare him to Steph Curry just because of this playoff run and the numbers and everything these stats that I'm reading he's doing are ridiculous but he's not Steph Curry like it's, it's just I crazy it's, because he might turn don't. into Steph Curry and Devin Booker may be able to do something resembling Kobe Bryant. But, like, 
just because they're doing stuff right now to say that stuff, I, I completely agree. It's just, it's just a bad look, dude. I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> I think there's more, not to just sound like everyone on Twitter who just says like casual and stuff, but like there's more casual basketball fans than there are casual fans of any other sport because it's so easy to be a casual basketball fan. Like you can see the clips like on Instagram, you can follow the players. Like <clears throat> there's always like storylines going on on ESPN, like narratives and stuff. Yeah, like that. Marv it's Albert re- than, uh, retirement. Than any yeah. other sport to be a casual fan and be like, oh, I know what's going on, but like not really know anything about it. So all those people are doing, and like Stephen A, not that he's even necessarily one of them, but what those media heads are doing is they're catering to the majority of people who are those casual fans. And it's like, oh, well, let's compare this guy to this other big guy you've heard of. He's like Steph Curry. He's like Kobe Bryant. Is it the next LeBron James? And then when Kobe Bryant was doing it, it's like, oh, he's the next Michael Jordan. It's like, dude, they're all... Alan Iverson said it best. He's like, don't call me anyone. I'm no one's he's like, I'm no one's second person. He's like, I'm Alan Iverson. He's like, I'm not, I'm not anyone else. Don't call me anyone else. No one else is Alan Iverson. I'm Alan Iverson. Like, it's basically how it is for all these guys. Like, yeah, Devin Booker replicates his game from Kobe. Like, he's talked about that many times. Like, Jason Tatum's talked about doing it from Mello and KD. Like, yeah. guys do that. That doesn't make them the same players. Yeah, like they're I know. trying to be they're trying to be better than those guys, and in most cases, they won't be half as good as those guys. Yeah, but, like they're trying to be their own player. Yeah. Speaking of someone who's good and legendary, though, and just enjoy the rest of your weekend, enjoy them sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a quick shout out. I did it with you, Marv Albert, bro. Six yep. decades. Uh, I've been watching some of the play-by-play send-offs. He got a Larry O'B trophy last night, which I thought was dope. Um, he's an absolute legend. And just seeing some of this stuff is just so sad, but I'm happy for him at the same time. A dude who's done it for so long at such a legendary level, iconic level. And I don't know, it's just kind of sad also because it reminds me that the NBA is almost over for the season. But yeah, anyways, I'll enjoy it while I still can. I, li- I like Marv. I think it was his time to hang him up a little bit. He's had some wild calls this year. Like I, the amount of times I've heard like, for three, and the guy's like at the free <laughs> it happens all the time he'll call the wrong players the wrong names all the time like you'll be watching the game and be like oh draymond with the shot and it's like eric pascal and draymond's on the bench it's like oh marv buddy <laughs> and he's usually doing uh, hey, give I, the I dude a fucking break dude <laughs> i know he's old it's just like it's funny because like a lot of times he was doing the i don't think he was last night but a lot of times he's doing the broadcast with chris weber like, Chris Weber is not one of my favorite broadcasters, but there's no way he doesn't know that he's wrong. He never calls him out, but it's like they just keep moving on. It's like he's never been like, he's not on the court. He's right been now. doing it with Reggie Miller, and Reggie Miller is kind of funny for sure. I love Reggie yeah, yeah, Miller. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, all the uh, all the games have been good. I just want to shout him to out. To me, it doesn't get any better than a nice Doris Burke, Jeff, Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah, those I agree. Are, those are the best, too. Dor- yep, I agree. Uh, I thought Doris put in a uh, – I'm not putting up with any more PG slander the other night. It was one of the best calls I've ever heard. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, you got to listen to that one. Oh, that one's great. Doris is iconic, too, as well. All right, man. All right, enjoy it. I'll talk to you soon, hopefully. Have a good birthday if I don't get to see you again. And, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, me and my mom today, and then I'm, then I'm doing the Killingworth, you know, home for like a week after a week after this. So then I'll be having you boys over. When you're off Tuesday, you can come through, chill, smoke a blunt or something. Yeah, let me know. I'll come over for sure. Yeah, so that's not this next Tuesday, but the following one, but yeah. All right, sounds good, brother. All right, peace, man. Peace, Talk to you dude. Later. Richie, much love coming through. Going to take a quick break. Come back, get through the reads, try and get through a little solo burst. Be right back on the Seggy Station. 
Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Sex Station is brought to you by Callie's Love. A man's best friend is his dog. Shout the rest come out to many, but a life saving companion to me. To me, nothing promotes true home happiness in a household, but a loving companion of a pet. Especially at a time like this, get yourself a little pet friend like mine as your local animal shelter. Pound or nursery. Save their life and they just might save yours. Now it's time for your Sports Center update. Former Eagles wide receiver Jordan Matthews has put on 30 pounds and wants an NFL tryout as a tight end. What a year in the NFL for tight ends. Thaddeus Young of the Chicago Bulls 2020-2021 NBA Hustle Award, which honors players that makes energy and effort plays for their team. Shout out Thaddeus Young. I have his autograph. Giants are retiring Eli's number 10. He's also rejoining the front office in business operations, fan engagement role. You also be honored Ring of Honor on September 26th. Shout out Eli. Can't spell elite without Eli. Jason Collins, uh, he was the first active gay NBA player now eight years ago. We had Connor Nasib this week come out, make history as the first active NFL player. But this shouldn't be newsworthy, and I certainly have something to say about it. Roger Goodell is supportive and will match a donation that Connor Carl will make to his Trevor Foundation that he supports. But this was a tough story to see. I saw Simone Biles leads at the U.S. Olympic Trials, which is not a surprise. What is a surprise is Satoshi Katora and Kramer Highcock each shot a PGA Tour best 7-under-63 to share the first-round lead at the Traverse Championship. Saw Kevin Kistner shoot a 63 in round two. Bubba Watson up there, always up there. Traveler's Championship this weekend, final round after a, I believe, 2-under-3-under under cut. Tatis Jr. will not compete in the home run derby, but did have three home runs in four innings. Padres, eight straight wins, taking out the Diamondbacks, worst team in baseball. And Tatis is now tied with Vlad Guerrero Jr., lead-leaguing home runs. Saw Luka Doncic still intends to sign his Supermax extension with the Mavs before next season. Eagles signed quarterback Nick Mullins, former 49ers quarterback, reached a one-year deal. Open Championship will admit up to 32,000 fans each day for next month's tournament at Royal St. George. Talks of 8 to 10,000 at U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. Travelers Championship this week. I, I don't really know how I feel about that. Sha'Carri Richardson dominates the 100 meter and talked about that as these Olympic trials continue to go on. College World Series best of three begins on Monday, even though NC State was knocked out due to COVID protocols. And Monday, the Supreme Court sides with former athletes in dispute with the NCAA compensation. 9-0 unanimous vote, and this is not looking good for the NCAA. Name, image, likeness still on the table, and we'll see how this shakes out for college athletes. Creighton was penalized for an NCAA bribery violation two years, and AB's probation ends one year early. Saw Max Scherzer was inspected substances three times, got into it with Joe Girardi, and the MLB has an issue with crackdown on pitchers. Something I also have a little bit to say about here before I get out of here today. Tune back in, Nick Seglin. Here, you're listening to Seggy Station Podcast. Appreciate Rich coming through to talk a little NBA before he's doing some stuff today. Much love. Probably one of my last Saturday pods for a little while. Really cranking up with work. Been upset not only with how much I've been working, but with really how things have been going there. 
also just leaving my dog so much driving so much my car everything's kind of just pissing me off at this point to a point where uh i don't even know i just i know things won't always kind of be how you want them to be but it gets to a point i think where happiness and being upset is the fine line and i don't even know where i'm at with any of that anymore um so much has changed around me i saw my neighbor across the street now move so i literally have all new neighbors surrounding me um it's just one thing after another not only with my personal life but my job and it just you know it's cool i was able to talk to chu last night i think put it into proper perspective for me where you know when i do have the time i at least i'm trying to do the things that make me happy which are potting um trying to see my friends which i haven't been able to do as much but at least I got to see Rich there for a minute while I've been potting. Chew's been coming over when he can. So, you know, it's still been good for me. I still love trying to do the podcast as much as I can. But I think there's just so much changing and so much change coming that I don't even know what's going to happen. Not only with my podcast, just with everything else surrounding me. And it's just scary. It's just scary just following all these sports, seeing all the things happening in sports. And also all this time going by and trying to work and be the best PGA professional I can be every single day. Um, it's, it's a lot with basically feeling underappreciated, undervalued. And, uh, it's it's just not a good feeling when you're struggling, missing a lot of people and not really having anybody and trying to figure out your own things as well. Um, I'm happy that I've still found myself able to have the confidence to continue to podcast, continue to want to talk sports and, and follow sports and really not giving on, on something that means a lot to me. Um, so I appreciate all the love and support that people either show to my podcast or to myself because that really means a lot to me when I'm trying to get through all these things I'm trying to figure out. And for that, I'm very thankful that I'm able to still do what I'm doing here and I'm going to continue to do so as much as I can, uh, to the best ability that I can as well, because I've kind of always tried to be that way. Um, there's some other things I wanted to talk, touch on. Uh, I'm going to touch on Carl Nasib's announcement real quick. Uh, you know, I think this is great, not only for him, the sport, all sports, but I do think that this breaking news, ESPN ticker, uh, alert on my phone type of thing that, oh, Carl Nasib is the first active NFL gay player in history. Like, that's not true. <laughs> There's been other active gay NFL players. We just don't know about them. You can go back all the way to 1975. And let's just be real. There's been at least 14 players to come out and say that they were former NFL players that are either bisexual, gay, any of that. And I know... John Collins, now it was Jason Collins, uh, talking John Collins with Rich, I gotta get these names right, uh, eight years ago, becoming the first active NBA player to announce that he was gay, that's eight years ago, man, so if you don't think this stuff's been going on, and just because they, they don't announce it, or actively have it on the ticker, that that's not a thing, it's just, it's just ignorant and stupid at this point, um, you got this stuff where these stories come out, and I remember Michael Sam in 2014, who was 
an active gay player who never got a shot in the NFL. And I don't know if that was the reason why, but it shouldn't be. I heard a guy who played on the Patriots talking about coming out in 2019, also saying like, you can be gay and play football. Like you can be gay and do anything. Just like a female can be an NBA coach. Just like anybody that feels the type of way they feel about anything really should be able to do anything in a country like the USA. Like freedom, equality, all these things that we preach that we really don't see. And this movement of obviously Black Lives Matter and all this social justice that we've tried to get these past year with the pandemic and all these movements have been great. But this is a thing that should have been going on. That has already should have been a thing. And we're all late to the party in this regard if we're all bringing it to the platforms and tables now. And it's sad to see the sports world reacting this way when they should have always been supporting these people. And it just reminds me of Roger Goodell and his mishap with Colin Kaepernick and how he didn't really support him, but now he supports him. And it's it's good to see Roger Goodell and some of his statements made. But to me, you're late to the party as well. It doesn't really make me feel any better that this is how a lot of the people are going to react. Even though you're going to have stats like this man's jersey was the highest grossing selling jersey over the last two days since his announcement and video on Monday. Like, yeah, if you want to announce that, do that. You don't have to blatantly say and make all these statements that realistically these things will matter if Becky Hammond gets a job. It does matter that this man has now come out and announced that he's gay. But I think the way that he did it is also extremely important. And I do have the recording that I want to try and cue up here. Let me see if I can get this ready real quick. Handy dandy recorder. It's a review with no timeouts a lot. Of course, there's tons of other ones I got. Salaries. Jay, what, what does this actually mean for the players now? Okay, it means that uh, they're, they're going to get the benefit now. Uh, of course, I got so many recordings in here, I won't be able to find the one I'm trying to play. Trevor Project was the NFL's matching that donation. Uh, you should have been supporting these people all along. Uh, the courage it took this guy to come out and make a statement like that, uh, with that type of statement that's been obviously handled wrongly over the past decade or so, because like I mentioned, this has been going on here for way longer than a decade. It's just been hard for a lot of these people that feel this type of way to feel like they can say this stuff publicly. And for me, if I'm going to a gas station and the person walk, working behind there is asking me, oh, are you vaccinated? Like, what the fuck, dude? What do you care? Like, to me, this is just such bullshit where you got to basically publicly say everything that you kind of feel or you type of... It's just crazy, man. If people want to do so, let them. If not, 
I don't understand why this has to be, everything has to be public. But basically, we live in this type of era where, hey man, you either make everything public if you want, or you act like Kawhi Leonard and you don't even get on the web. And I think you got to respect everybody, anybody's feelings, make it more of an equality sense of feeling. And I just hope we can see more of that, uh, particularly in sports with some of these stories I've been seeing. Let me get through a couple of these other recordings that I did want to play. Let me see what I got next here. Salaries. Judge Brett Kavanaugh wrote that, that nowhere else in America can businesses get away with agreeing not to pay their workers a fair market rate on a theory that their product is defined by not paying their workers a fair market rate under ordinary principles of antitrust law. It is not evident why college sports should be any different. The NCAA is not above the law. It is amazing to me, guys, that benefits such as tutoring and study abroad and as you mentioned also you know you get a laptop with that with that class or whatever it is it comes with the, the program you're in whatever the school you might be in to study oh you can't have that it's a benefit like that i never like that's mind-boggling to think that that stuff was not available to a student athlete but yeah, it's always, it, it, the supreme court has now said that can't happen certain universities i feel like it's always been available tutoring and things like that was available at us <coughs> And you know that when, when teams travel, there are tutors, so there's more to this. But what this does open, though, is opens the door now to start getting deeper into what schools can and cannot do, as you saw what Kavanaugh wrote there. To discuss this and more with us, Jay Billis, our ESPN College Basketball Analyst, who joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Jay. Uh, can I get your reaction to the news from yesterday and, and where this might be headed? Let me just say before I let Jay Billis, who's basically the biggest NCAA basketball analyst we got around, and he's the best at what he does, so I want you to hear what he has to say about this. This has been some type of story here that has gotten overlooked to a point now where you can't overlook it anymore. Unanimous 9-0 vote by the Supreme Court against the NCAA with name image likeness now being allowed next week in six states, up to 19 states. The floodgates are about to open. And everyone that's going to say, oh man, college sports are never going to be the same, blah, 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 blah. That's a load of shit, man. Because this has been a problem in the NCAA, not having a fair system, basically abusing their athletes and players that provide all these billions of dollars to the NCAA. And at this point, to say that, oh, this is going to be, college sports are never going to be great and we'll never be able to preserve anything great about college sports. Bro, you've had teams that have been getting caught doing bribery, paying players through McDonald's bags, all the type of shit, wires, hitting conversations, all these things. It's already been a bad look the way the NCAA has handled this. So now that they're going to have to scale back after being pretty much absolutely obliterated in the in the Supreme Court with their ruling, all these rulings are going to not go in their favor anymore. And the NCAA is going to have a serious amount of lawsuits on their hands. Think of Zion Williamson going back. I saw when we talked about it here on the podcast. All these things that have happened in the NCAA. It's going to be monumental, the fact that, hey man, they should have been paying their players. I've been talking about this, and now it's probably going to happen. And a lot of these people that said, oh, this should never happen, that are now coming around and saying, preach, this should happen. You're only saying that because finally the Supreme Court and somebody with the actual power did something against the NCAA. And it is about damn time. It, they got to do something next with Rob Manfred. Take a listen to Jay Billis, though. Well, it's a colossal loss for the NCAA and a, a crushing the Olmsted case in the first place. The 
Yeah, and that's what I don't understand because the, the benefits that they're now getting include computers and equipment, tutoring, paid post-graduating internships, up to 5900 for academic rewards, study abroad scholarships. How do they not already have that? Like, like Keyshawn's basically saying, this is basically a thing I've seen at schools. I went to college. I, I assume that most of these athletes had that. This is not what I'm asking for. This is what already should have been a thing, and now the NCAA is saying, well, this you can't do, so they were trying to do this prior like, dudes were getting laptops and getting paid. So if you're saying that's illegal, every single team was doing something illegal. The NCAA has botched this just about as bad as the MLB. And this is going to mean something for the players. And with even NC State getting knocked out of the College World Series, I see a lot of people able to get back to graduation and parties and birthday parties and little kids, camps, all the things that I think is great as a kid and up and coming, all those things that I did that I think kids should be doing that they weren't able to do because of COVID, I think it was the most sad thing about the whole situation. Like, yeah, it was sad to see a lot of people dying, and obviously everything's scary with people potentially still dying and how things are going to work out going forward. But to me, it's like to have to change how people are going to live, particularly for kids, is just so tough because they don't understand. And now you're still doing this with potentially all these other places being able to do things, it just doesn't make much sense to me. And it just seems a bit unfair to have to basically use protocols and all these things as a situation now where we're basically trying to figure out how we're going to move forward from here, and I've been saying that. Um, But if you're a high school, up-and-coming college athlete right now, uh, this is great news for you. They're not. Here's the thing, man. If you're basically a college athlete in the next five years, you're going to likely get paid. And it should be all college athletes, not just football and basketball. And for me, that's something I've been asking for for a long time. I've been wrong about plenty of things on this podcast, but just being right about a few things that have kind of trickled down over the last year or so I've been doing this is a pretty good feeling and, and why I continue to like to do so. Um... I had a few of these other recordings. One of them was Stephen A. talking about Devin Booker. Play that quick, even though I talked about that with Rich already. Devin Booker is the next Kobe. Yep, yep. I'm saying it on national. Devin Booker is the next Kobe Bryant. 
Kobe Bryant wore a mask once. He wouldn't have had 15 points. And, and I love Devin Booker. He's incredible. Uh, he may be able to be some of Kobe Bryant like Rich was talking about. But comparing these guys as the next Kobe Bryant. Hey, Stephen A., with your platform, bro, you should be saying that the NBA should be putting in a playoff MVP award and naming it after Kobe Bryant. If you want to say his name, use it in that way. Not comparing Devin Booker to Kobe Bryant. Because it's unfair he had to come out next game. He had a horrible game after you saying this, by the way. And I'm not saying Devin Booker ain't going to get right. But to me, this is not the type of look you want as a guy that basically is putting these takes out there on a regular basis with this Donovan Mitchell, best player ever, Kevin Durant, best player ever, New York. I mean, all these things are, are cool to, to talk about, but realistically, it's a lot of garbage. And let's just talk about what's actually happening rather than all these predictions, comparisons and all this stuff to me that seems to be unfair to a lot of these up-and-coming young guys that are trying to pave their way as an all-time great stop comparing them to all-time greats uh i did need to touch on the mlb crackdown on pitchers let me see if i have any recordings on this with no timeouts allows you to buy some time to get your players organized but listen to jeff oh yeah this is a good one let me touch on the the nba reviews because i did see josh tiven yesterday too it's pretty dope I'm telling you, like, again, broadcasting one-on-one, like, they were fantastic. Even with, with Mike Breen, with the call on the eight and slam, makes the call with the great energy he always does, and then lays out and lets the two analysts yeah. do what they do and let them talk about what next and what happened and all that stuff. And I just thought it was a fantastic call. But so Jeff... Oh, talking about sports? Oh, nice. And this was great because Jeff was miserable. He can't stand the reviews. Took too long. Why... And it's just, oh, it's hilarious, though. I thought, why wouldn't you want it to be? I want it right as the coach. But Jeff just wants it. Like, can not, we just get to the game and stop? not drawing up the play either. It's not his team. Maybe. It's not his team. So, so, so you're saying, he, from, from a, a viewer perspective. Yes. All right, well, listen to this exchange he had with Scott Van Pelt uh, about one benefit that the Suns got off of review. That never would have been able to happen without that. Um, like you guys want to say, such a great review. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a great review. I thought it was appropriate. No, 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 no. You guys, like, let's just stay here till midnight and, like, review every play. Why are you going to go, go man? Do we want to get him. Where are you? Where are you? want to go over and get to, to, what is it, talking stick? They don't even have credit there. You can't get a marker to play cards <laughs> in that place. I love getting into the recordings because the recordings that I get sometimes are great. Uh, shout out SVP, who has an incredible night show. That I love checking into when I can. Shout out Jeff Van Gundy, who Rich already shout out today, who makes a very valid point here. Uh, you know, I'm good with the NBA getting the calls right. Uh, I know NBA Matt, uh, ref Matt Bolin. I got to meet NBA ref Josh Tiven yesterday, which was pretty sweet. Um, I think the NBA refs have an incredible tough job. And getting the call right, even though it takes a lot of time, particularly in game two of the Clippers Suns game, uh, can protect potentially be. Uh, tough when I'm trying to watch the last minute and 30 seconds of the fourth quarter and it takes 45 minutes of real time. But you just got to get these calls right. What I would argue is you can't call up plays and huddle if you don't have any timeouts. And if you're getting these type of reviews, you might have to use timeouts if you're going to huddle it. Because Jeff Van Gundy is totally right here where you're not able to draw up that type of play without being able to huddle. And it's a clear advantage for the offense who's basically trying to draw up a play they're trying to execute where the defense is trying to draw up a play in which they're trying to react to. And 
execution versus reaction is a lot different. And clearly you saw that in that DeAndre Ayton slam, which obviously the reviews took a little bit too long and gave the teams a lot of time to huddle up clear advantage to the Suns. That's got to get fixed with the NBA. The NBA is looking to fix these offensive foul calls, which yes, they're not going to be great maybe for Trey Young, but they're not going to be great for guys like James Harden and even Luka Doncic. But that needs to get cleaned up as well because that's not basketball play. That's not a basketball move, and you don't deserve to get free throws for things like that. You also shouldn't be in a huddle with your team when you have no timeouts in a crunch time situation because the refs are reviewing a play. Like, they maybe they're not able to stand with their coach. Maybe they have to stay on the floor. Maybe they have to do some type of thing. But either they need a timeout and need to use one, or the NBA's got to figure out a way to make it a little bit more fair in these situations because those are game series changing situations and regardless of the refs being a little bit out of control of the situation say what you want to say about it they got a tough job they got a lot of things they have to get right and at least the nba tries to get it right like we talk about this with the nfl all the time and they got a lot of reviews and i've seen it in baseball and it's like dude if you want to get these calls right and you're going to use review like at least get them right like it might take a little while and you're going to bitch about the sport taking too long like bro if you're using replay and the reviews, at least get them right, regardless of how long it takes. I think that's a dumb take to be able to, like, oh, this takes way too long. This ain't a great review. Well, like, no, it's a great review if you get the call right. Let's just try and make it more fair while the teams are out on the court. The MLB cracking down on these pitchers is kind of funny. Uh, I saw this situation with Max Scherzer obviously getting checked thrice because... Joe Girardi had an issue and things got a little heated, but it's not just Max Scherzer getting checked three times. It's Sergio Aramo pulling his pants down. It's these guys that are getting checked, all-time Hall of Famers like Jake DeGrom, uh, middle relievers. It's all these guys. They're getting checked. And it's gotten to a point where it's embarrassing for the MLB. Like, why are you doing this on the field in the middle of the games? Why are you making a guy turn his hat in because the – potentially is discolored but doesn't have any sticky stuff this whole sticky stuff shit is getting out of control because it's not only a bad look for your sport but rob manfred coming out and saying oh the first night of this went extremely well when max Scherver and sergio ramo were the key highlights of it is not good that's not the disconnect there is not great and to me if you really want to check in on these pitchers and you think that a lot of these guys that have been cheating for let's just be real the entirety of the sport, if this has always been a thing, okay, spider tack is extra, whatever. Stop cheating. Just just be a little bit more integrity of the sport. No, that's never been a thing in baseball. That's not going to be a thing in baseball. And if baseball is really trying to clean it up, let's clean it up without basically embarrassing not only the sport but the players when they're out here basically having a fit. Because I'd do the same thing, particularly if these guys are clean. And I think Clayton Kershaw said it best. Hey, man, if you particularly have a – manager like joe girardi being like dude check this dude and he's clean well dude that's got to be sometimes you got to have some type of punishment here for these guys that are out here getting checked by asking to get checked which shouldn't even be a thing by the way i didn't even think that was a thing i thought it was just umpires can do it when they wish but now it's out of control and now they're doing it on the field and all over the place like i said they would do and it's really bad for the sport like at least do it in the dugout maybe in behind closed doors whatever it is and you could be like oh yeah everything's good or you can come out and say what the situation is. You don't need to make it a big scene. Umpires trying to take all this, oh, we're we're on the stage. Like, people trying to say the NBA refs trying to take the stage because the reviews take so long. That makes no sense to me because that's just them getting the calls right. That Yeah, of course, there's been some calls that 
of course, NBA refs are going to get wrong to a lot of people because here's the thing. You're always going to get a call wrong to the other fan base to a lot of people. So you're never going to make all people happy when it comes to sports calls as a referee. So the thing with the MLB and the umpires kind of come out here and act like, oh, shit, dude, what do you got? What do you got here? What do you got there? It's it's too much. It was always going to be too much. And now it's gotten to a point where Rob Manfred thinks it's going well. This is going terribly. And, hey, let's just be real. Spin rates are going down for a lot of these pitchers. Offensive numbers are going up in the MLB. And who knows? Who knows if that's the case, why exactly these guys are now going up. But a lot of people that were using that as an excuse, including a lot of MLB players, will certainly tell you so. And that's something interesting to follow with, obviously, a lot of games left to go in the MLB. (sighs) Touched on, obviously, the NBA with Rich. NBA, NCAA, MLB. Did want to touch on some golf. Touched on Carl Nasib. Did want to touch on the NHL real quick. Let me clean that up. Uh, Tough one for Long Islanders and Rich. Uh, Who's a big Islanders fan. Tough game seven loss. The Islanders were shut out for the first time in franchise history last night in game seven. 1-0. Lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning, who advanced to, as I mentioned in the opening read, back-to-back Stanley Cup Finals, and they'll be the seventh defending champ to return to the Cup in the last 30 seasons. It is their third since 2015, fourth since the franchise came about in 1922-92, I'm sorry, 93, and they will look to obviously defend their championship, but I did mention that the Canadians... Montreal Canadiens, the last team to get into the Stanley Cup Round Finals Tournament, make the Stanley Cup Finals, making their 33rd appearance in a Cup Finals, their first since 1984, but their 33rd appearance is the second most in all four professional sports in history, NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB. 33rd appearances, even though in the last 30 years we have not had a Canadian team win the NHL Stanley Cup. A lot of great things to be had with the Stanley Cup Finals kicking off, I believe, in a few days. Tough one for the Islanders. Obviously, the Vegas Knights with a tough loss to the Canadians. Canadians not expected to be there. They are there. Tampa Bay looking to defend their title. Stanley Cup Finals set. Um, I think when I was tuned into the game, and I was basically only doing so because the Hawks were getting annihilated, but I did like checking in on hockey when I could. Check out in on some of these other sports when I can. Um, the NHL is great when it comes to playoffs, but I was listening to a thing the other day, and I do think this is valid where it's like I'm not really the biggest fan of it, but if I tune into it, like I don't even know what's really going on in it because I see a guy who gets absolutely shattered in the face with a stick or something, and there's no call, and then there's all these calls that I'm like, wait, what? What just happened? Uh, it's... One of these sports where, I think, talking of the referees, these also guys have the most discretion if you're talking to NHL referees with what's being called. And for that, it makes it tough uh, for a team losing 1-0, particularly after getting blown out 8-0 in Game 5. Uh, forcing even a Game 7 after that happening is pretty incredible. A great run by the Islanders, but they fall just short. And a lot of people, particularly in this area, pulling for the Islanders who fall just short, and that's always tough. Like, being so close to something, yet so far away, is not a good feeling, regardless of what the situation is. And it seems like 
That was also close for the Islanders, who got shut out last night in Game 7, 1-0 loss. And now the Stanley Cup Finals are set. I did need to touch on the Golf Travelers Championship this week, which obviously is a great tournament. Used to work at TPC River Highlands. Obviously used to play. Played TPC two and a half weeks ago. Used to play there plenty of times. Great event for the tour players. Always has been. Particularly now with the new renovations, new clubhouse, and they got a jam-packed field. Like, this is the best field I've seen at the Travelers since I've been following it. Used to be called the GHO. Been following it since I can remember and not able to go recently because as a PGA pro, they're not letting us in, even though we get into these events for free because max capacity on these events, which I'm like, all right, dude, whatever. Like just another black eye on the PGA America, to be honest with how they've been treating us. But anyways, the golf's been great. The golf's been great. A lot of great names up on the leaderboard. A lot of great names in the field. Uh, John Rahm isn't playing in this event. I did cover a little bit on the pod, but John Rahm's victory at the 121st U.S. Open was as much as I hate this guy, don't really, not the biggest fan of him, was absolutely, it was incredible. His back-to-back putts on 17 and 18, basically to win that tournament, were two of the best putts that I've seen under that presser situation, obviously trying to make his way up the leaderboard for what is his sixth tour victory in six years on tour. Won the 2017 Farmers Insurance, 2018 Desert Classic, 2019 Zurich Classic, 2020 Memorial, 2020 BMW Championship, and obviously the 2021 U.S. Open. He should have won the 2021 Memorial, the last tournament he played in before this event with a six-shot lead, largest lead heading into the final round since Tiger Woods in, I believe, 2008, when he had to withdraw due to COVID, and it made this U.S. Open also questionable for him as well. He comes back, first favorite since Tiger to win the event, and he does so on his first Father's Day with his wife and his kid there, all of his family there, after having to withdraw from an event that he was leading by six shots due to COVID. And the perseverance and adversity during that round, during that entire week, obviously what we saw with Chris Paul coming off of 11 days, whatever it is, if you got a quarantine, if you're not sick, if you got COVID, clearly it's going to affect you to a point where however long you're out, whatever you get back to, you're going to feel a little bit different. That's just what it is. Like if you're not feeling anything from it, then I guess you're lucky as hell because I don't know. Everything I've been hearing about it is either that's going to be the case or you're going to feel some type of way. And that's just the risk I think everyone's at this point taking. Because regardless if you have a vaccination or not, I've been hearing that you can still get COVID. So then I've been seeing that, oh, well, I saw a hospital basically fire, resign 130 employees because they didn't want to get their mandatory vaccination. I've been seeing that I covered also on the pod. If you're a fan of the New York Giants and particularly other places as well, you can go to places without a required vaccination. Some places it's mandatory, some places it's not. Some places, it's basically now set up where, hey, there's no protocols. Other places, still protocols. You see this in sports. You saw this in golf. You saw this in the NBA. You'll continue to see it. I don't know for how long, but it'll be something interesting to follow, particularly in sports, I think, but just everywhere else as well. Extremely interesting topic with everything that's gone on, obviously coronavirus the golf is good i'll enjoy watching the travelers i know a lot of those shots i don't expect anything to be different this weekend with bubba up there a lot of these other guys charging up with low rounds 63s always the low rounds out there at travelers and the record lows usually when it comes to the winter so 
definitely a good tournament to catch in on either on tv or obviously if you're in this area even though tickets i think are now sold out uh hopefully you got yours and hopefully you're able to check it out uh touched on a good amount i saw the red sox beat the yankees now it's five straight games on dustin petroya day who officially retired i think that's where i'll be done with the mlb it's kind of wild to me uh just seeing all these guys kind of go through go out um touched on a lot of the other stuff that i had I believe you got plenty of things that will continue to kind of play out with the college football playoff 12-team model set for, quote, summer review. Obviously, these Western Conference and Eastern Conference finals continuing on, continuing to hear about this NCAA ruling, and then what's going to be the ruling with the Olympic Games held to be in Tokyo, which I think are a little over a month away. I saw the Kraken, the Seattle Kraken, named Haskell as their new head coach. I believe if I'm going to follow the NHL, as I mentioned here, I'll be a Seattle Kraken fan, so I'm going to go with that. Saw that the Steelers released six-time Pro Bowler guard DeCastro. I saw the NFL also to allow throwback helmets starting in 2022, which is something I said on here with the pod, with the boys, whatever I'm trying to say, a few weeks ago. And just another thing that I kind of smirk and smile about, because as much as I've been plenty wrong, I like to be right about some of these topics, and it does make me have a good feeling. When a lot of these people are just getting paid millions of dollars to come out here and spew bullshit comparisons and bullshit hot takes. I got plenty of them, but I can also come in and say a lot of real stuff, genuine stuff that I think should happen, even though it hasn't. And a lot of the stuff I'm talking about uh, has been kind of slightly happening. Uh, I'll continue to follow it. I saw Tom Brady come out and say that one of those teams, they weren't interested at the very end. I was thinking, quote, you're sticking with that motherfucker, Tom Brady, on his free agency via HBO's The Shop. And this whole Tom Brady guy thing, it is going to be one of those ones where I don't know how it's going to end for him. I don't know how for a lot of people that think he's the greatest of all time already. Things can't end any better than they already have. But for guys like me that will never have Brady as the greatest of all time because he's cheated, he's done plenty of other things that to me don't make him the greatest of all time. And all that has to play out in due time. As time continues to go on so fast, I mean, it is just absolutely ridiculous here. End of June, almost July, halfway through 2021 already. I mean... Seeing all these things kind of play out, not only in sports with Marv Albert retiring, Tom Brady comments, when's he going to retire, LeBron James another year older, just anybody that you think is important to you. They won't be around forever, not only in sports, but family, friends, pets, it's just part of life. It's been... Been so shitty for me recently because I think when people don't know exactly where you're at and they say certain things to you that obviously you're either going to react to or just handle internally, um, 
I just see, I can I can say I'm totally cool, and then I'll see like uh, Shakiri Richardson who went and hugged her grandmother after she qualified for the Olympic trials uh, after losing her mother the week prior. And I saw that on Outside the Lines this morning, which Outside the Lines on Saturday is one of the best. Jeremy Chap, uh, I think it's one of the best platforms of ESPN right now, to be honest. Uh, you know, it made me think about instantly having to go to my grandma and tell her about my mom. And just how that made me feel just thinking about that in the, in the moment. Um... There's no doubt I'm still struggling with not only the loss of all these people, what this has kind of been taking not only on me, but just in general, the toll on my life, job, being alone. As much as it sounds shitty, like I could definitely do something about it, but I feel like at the same time, I don't do anything about it because at the end of the day, I still wish Things didn't happen the way they did, not only obviously with the loss of plenty of people, but particularly people in my life. And then at this point, it's kind of tough to really feel anything like that ever again. So I don't know. I just kind of been doing my own thing and trying to figure out something for me to make me feel a little bit better about where I'm at going forward, not only in my life, but just with my podcast, talking sports, trying to see my friends more, trying to spend more time with my dog. It's been a lot for me just leaving my dog so much. And at the end of the day, I feel like sports at least give me something to feel happy about, to watch, to check in on, to follow, to want to talk about. And the topics seem to be endless when I'm doing this once a week, once every couple weeks, which is probably what it's going to be going forward. So until next time, I hope everybody enjoy those sports. I hope everybody enjoys everything that sports bring to them. Hopefully I'll get back in here as soon as I can, touch on some of the sports and everything going on with them. But until then, that's all I had for the airwaves today. Appreciate all listening as always. And as always, still have no shame what I had to say. Just a man with a nickname. Until next time, everybody, peace and love. Stay safe out there. You're listening to Seggy Station. Thanks, as always, for the support. Keep it going. Keep it G. See you all next time. Seggy Station.